0: You're listening to episode 26 of the Creative Strings Podcast. Today's episode is going to be a solo round with me, Christian Howes, and I am going to share why it is essential for any musician in 2018 to be making and sharing videos. Why and how your career is likely to suffer if you don't have videos. How making videos will benefit both your musical and business growth, whether or not you're a performer, teacher, producer, composer, or any type of freelancer. And I also share the strategies which have worked for me as I work towards my goal of generating over 1 million views on my YouTube channel. Hello, and welcome to the Creative Strings Podcast. I'm Christian Howes, violinist, educator, and music business entrepreneur. I hope these interviews will inspire you to be creative in your life, in your art, in your business, in every way. So without further ado, let's get to it. Heads up, everybody, that as of this um, airing, we are re-enrolling in the Music Biz Mastermind. We'll be keeping the course open until January 1, and then it will close again for a little while. We do periodically reopen enrollment. If you are interested in attracting more and better projects, gigs, clients, and or students, I definitely encourage you to check out Music Biz Mastermind and get on the wait list for our current or future enrollments. To get on the wait list or to get more information and find out about different programs, which might be good for you, simply send me an email at chris at christianhouse.com or go to my website christianhouse.com and just look for Music Biz Mastermind. Welcome back to the Creative Strings podcast. I'm Christian House. We're going to do something a little bit different today. This is going to be my first solo round in 26 episodes, and today uh, I'm going to talk about why doing videos is essential for any self-employed freelance musician. Why your career will suffer if you if you're not doing videos in 2018 how it will help you improve at your music, at whatever you do, teaching, performance, production, composition, um, by making videos, if you're not, and also what has worked specifically for me in my road to one million views on my own YouTube channel at Christian House Tube. And at the end of this episode, I'm going to be doing a giveaway. I'll be giving away a prize. You can fast forward there now if you want to, but I think... I hope that you're going to actually really enjoy and get a lot out of this episode. So before I dive right into the content, I just want to set it up a little bit. Uh, because some of you might be thinking that there's a real division between these music business um, ideas that we've been exploring in the podcast and more um, artistic creativity or create creativity in general. And I just want to say why I think they're so connected uh, for artists. And, and what I mean by that is that if you want to be more creative in your art, I believe my approach has been that generating opportunities to be creative. And I'm speaking, I guess in a business way, that's what catalyzes, um, creative music, making creative teaching, um, creative art, making of all kinds. It's not the other way around. Um, I mean, for me to practice something, first I need to have a gig to practice for, a deadline, a recording to work on. And so a lot of times how I've created my career anyway is to try to attract the opportunities, to, cre- to create the opportunities um, to serve people through whatever art I do. And then once I've created that opportunity, it forces me to be creative, to meet the needs of that opportunity. So for the last few years, when I've started doing more music business, coaching, consulting, advising, um, at first it was a struggle for me because I was thinking, how do I separate these two things and find people that that are interested in one or the other? But it's become crystal clear to me that they're really connected. They're very synergistic. And there are exceptions to this. I mean, if if you work, For an orchestra, if you work for an institution, you may not feel the need to go out and generate opportunities. Like if you're a tenured professor um, and part of your tenure job is to put on creative recitals four times a year and that's just part of the job that you have for the college, that you may not feel the need to hustle um, and create those opportunities. Or similarly, if you're a teacher at a school Um, then you may be interested in becoming more creative with your teaching, but you may not need to uh, create opportunities to do so. In other words, you've got a steady job, so it's not like you need to find um, and attract students because the school you work for is already doing that. Um, Having said that, I still think, even within these institutional settings, that there could be so much value that can come out of sharing the work that you're doing. I mean, if you're creating work, then the work needs to be shared. And, and there's going to be other reasons that I'm, going to, that I'm going to address why I think it's really important for you to be making videos or in other ways sharing your content during this episode. But I just wanted to make the point that I see it as all being connected first. I want to thank our two sponsors, Yamaha and Electric Violin Shop. They make such a difference in our being able to present This uh, series, the Creative Strings Podcast, Um, give them a shout out. You can go to electricviolinshop.com forward slash creative strings, and you can get a discount. Um, They're the best for any string players looking to accessorize, go electric, amplify, and the like. And look for Yamaha Strings anywhere on the web and thank them for supporting music education. I was actually having a a conversation uh, with Duncan at Electric Violin Shop, and he had brought this up to me saying, well, Chris, I noticed that you are you going in more of a music business direction now? Are you changing the podcast? And I said, no, I I appreciate you bringing that up. But no, but this is very much relevant and all connected. The more of the music business stuff we're doing, it's really intended to support uh, creative artists in one way or another and that's actually one of the first things i want to jump into uh, which is why making videos is important for your growth and improvement as an artist or as a musician as a teacher as a producer composer whatever it might be so so here's why the single best way that i know to improve as a musician is to record yourself and listen back and i've actually written a blog about it it's called this I think the single best way to get better as a musician. And the reason for this is that our perception in the moment when we're performing is sort of skewed inherently, right? I mean, think about it. You can't be observing your performance while you're performing. When you're performing, you're putting all your energy or teaching for that matter. If you're teaching, you're putting all your energy into teaching, putting all your energy into performing you can't be putting so much energy into observing it, especially going outside of your body and trying to like (laughs) just observe what's happening. Um, So listening or watching later on gives us that feedback, which we're unable to receive in the moment when we are performing. And by noticing things that we're doing that we weren't aware of while we're performing, there's a lot of things that we notice that are easy fixes. It just takes noticing them. You know, if if you're always uh, playing sharp on this certain note, but you just didn't notice it, as soon as you notice it, you can change that later. So that's why I really believe that recording yourself and listening back or watching back in this case later is the single best way you can improve. Now, many, many people, and I can relate to this, are uncomfortable watching themselves or listening to themselves later in on the tape so to speak but by sort of um, you know eluding <laughs> by 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 avoiding the opportunity to observe your performances after the fact you're denying yourself the opportunity to notice the things that you could then easily change and improve One of my greatest mentors, his name is Bobby Floyd, and he's a pianist and an organist. And uh, I started working with him 21 years ago, and that was one of the things he taught me. And I was always amazed because he's such a great player that he's always recording every gig. He'll have like his phone on voice memo or some kind of little recorder. And then later on in his car, he'll listen back. And that's basically a big part of how he practices is by noticing things later. The more you notice after the fact... The more the next time you perform, you start to bring your awareness into congruence with how you actually sound. In other words, your perception starts to change. You start to hear yourself um, in a more, in a way that's more aware. So I'll just give you one other example, um, which is that when I was in uh, uh, junior at Ohio State. I, I gave my recital, and I played a lot of difficult repertoire. I think there was Paganini, Beethoven Sonata, and a movement of Sibelius Concerto. And um, I prepared really hard for that, particularly re- that particular recital for about three months. And I worked on every shift and every you know bowing and every fingering. Um, and I was really proud of it after I did the recital. I thought I nailed everything. My teacher gave me a cassette tape, and he said, hey, later on, I just want you to listen to this, you know. And Michael Davis, my my teacher, who I, I loved very much, he, uh, you know, he was supportive. He didn't he wasn't critical right after the recital or anything, but you know, he wanted me to listen to the tape. So I listened to the tape later, and I was shocked to hear instantly. I could hear instantly that I was like about a quarter tone flat from the piano, and, you know, I wasn't flat because I couldn't play in tune. I was flat because I was hearing myself, you know, in a skewed way while I was playing. I was hearing myself playing flat and as if it was in tune. <laughs> so once I realized that from listening to the tape, I was able to actually address it, and so that's one of my big uh, personal anecdotes about this. So again, just to drill down the point that this, you know, this the title of this uh, episode might be a little bit of a Trojan horse, but it's really connected. Uh, for you to make videos or recordings or content and to share that content is going to help you tremendously to grow as an artist. I don't care if you're a classical performer, if you're um, creating new works, if you're improvising or if you're teaching, um, it's a really important reason to do it. And you, if you're running from that, it's important to acknowledge that. Why are you running from it? Probably a lot of us are afraid. We don't want to hear ourselves on tape. We can't stand to hear ourselves on tape. It it rubs us the wrong way, right? Well, <laughs> it it's it's worth it to get through that pain, and and ultimately you're gonna you're gonna enjoy your recordings more. Obviously, one of the things I would say is that you know when I record myself on a voice memo, for example, the production values are really bad. So it it's like looking at yourself naked in a mirror in a way i mean you see every flaw every blemish you know maybe looking at yourself in a mirror with bad lighting let's say right and um but you know it same reason i you know if you don't step on the scale every day you don't you don't know what you weigh you don't (laughs) so i think you're getting my point it's it's really going to help you grow as an artist and that's one of the reasons that you should be making videos Okay, so my next point is why and how your business and or your career will suffer if you don't have video in 2018. And what about what I mean by your business or your career will suffer is that you will miss out on opportunities for sure. So this is not this is no longer an issue of wouldn't it be cool to have videos to to boost your business, which you will boost your business by having videos, but it's really gotten to a point now in 2018 that if you don't have it, you're going to miss out on a lot of opportunities. So let's get into this. Um, in short, people are going to pass you over and they're, and end up not hiring you um, when they can't learn more about the thing you do or who you are via video, because people are searching on video to vet people for these very things—to vet people for what are their skills, what are their services, what are the benefits, um, and what's their vibe. You know, if people look at me on a video, they either get my vibe or they don't, but they have something that they can use as a reference. <laughs> um, or in this case, you're getting—you'll get a vibe from me over a podcast. So let me just make my point um, with recent examples that come to mind, um, in which I remember seeing people who literally have missed out on opportunities because they didn't have video. So the first example, in the first example, I was going on tour, and like I do often, and I was looking to hire a band in a in a city that I was going to to play a couple concerts. In this case, I reached out to a friend and I said, do you know a good drummer? And my friend gave me a list of like three names of drummers, maybe four or five names. So I immediately went to YouTube. And even though my friend said, well, these these are all good drummers, that's fine. But I wanted to catch a vibe and see who did I feel the best about to go do a concert with, you know, because that's kind of important to me. I want to feel like I want to have as much information as I can and get the perfect drummer for my gig, you know, whoever I can find in whatever city. And there's a lot of things I might look for, you know, in that, in terms of their playing, in terms of how they carry themselves, um, to terms of their, their body language, the kind of communication, the supportiveness that they show, um, you know, just things you might look for in, in like a string quartet member as well. You, you're going to learn some of those things on a video more than you will from just um, somebody said, Hey, they're good right? Obviously. So I looked up some folks on YouTube and there was one drummer that I was interested in. And for this particular drummer, I found two videos in which the drummer was a member of somebody else's group, somebody else's video on YouTube. And both of these videos um, were a certain style of music. They're basically you know, straight ahead jazz, swinging. It was a swing feel or a swing groove. And I thought, oh, they sound great on this on these swing grooves. And I like to play swing sometimes. So I thought that would be great. And I thought, now, if I can just verify that this person, that this drummer also plays a couple other styles, like maybe Latin or maybe like backbeat or groove or whatever. So let me see if I can find a couple other videos that, sh- that, uh, that show that. And if so, I'm going to hire them. Well, I couldn't find any other videos. So I passed them over. I found somebody else that... That I could, you know, see all of these the skills that I wanted. It wasn't like I needed to see 10 videos, but I needed to see a couple different specific skills. Um, and so I passed over that drummer. Now here's a second example. So I have an um, international student, uh, jazz violin student, who's been to my summer workshops, the Creative Strings Workshop in Columbus, and has taken private lessons with me on Skype, is currently taking private lessons with me on Skype. This uh, international student lives in Asia, and they're interested in coming to the U.S. to study um, jazz to get a uh, graduate degree, actually, to get a master's degree. So they asked me, they said, hey, you know, who do you know? What what programs are good for me to apply to come and get my master's degree in jazz violin? And this is someone who already has a, a bachelor's degree um, from a very prestigious Um, conservatory in the United States, a very dedicated student. I mean, it would be, you know, this person would be an amazing catch for any master's program in the United States that's serious about, you know, building a jazz program or having a reputation for that. So I immediately just thought of three people off the top of my head that I could send this person to. I said, check out these three people at three different programs. And uh, because I know all these people, I know that they're serious. I know that they're going to, you know, uh, they take their job as teachers really seriously and they want to serve their students. And uh, the student got back to me and said, you know, I looked up these three people and for two of them, I was able to find, you know, some YouTube uh, videos that showed they're playing and just gave me a little bit better understanding of who they were. So I reached out to those two. But the third person I didn't reach out to because i couldn't find anything about them online. And i said, "Okay, fair enough." You <laughs> know. And i actually reached out to that that person who's a friend of mine and i said, hey, "You know, hey, just just for your information, no judgment here, but i just want to let you know you missed out on an opportunity because this per- person couldn't find anything about you on YouTube. Not only did not only did the individual miss out on an opportunity, but the program as well, the university missed out on something there. So, finally, a third example. <laughs> just these are just things that are coming to my mind of how I've seen people miss out on opportunities because they didn't have video. And this relates to teaching. Uh, a couple of years ago, my family uh, moved to Asheville, North Carolina. When my oldest child uh, went to um, conservatory, went to college, um, we want to get in the mountains and you know just catch a different vibe. So I was looking for a new violin teacher for my youngest child. And um, obviously, I'm a violin teacher. I know a lot of violin teachers all over around the world, right? Um, So you think I could get referrals? Well, I just want to tell you that as soon as I started looking and my wife and I both started looking for teachers, we both immediately went to YouTube. So even if I had a referral from somebody, I would still want to look at that something from that person on YouTube, even before deciding whether to have a meeting with them. Also, I'd want to be able to share it with my wife and say, hey, what do you think about this teacher here? Look at this video. Don't you think this person's great? So there are definitely teachers um, in Asheville who never even got a look from us because if they weren't on YouTube, we just didn't even look um and in fact uh, miss monique uh monique Pinelli, who is um uh, my son's teacher, she's amazing, and uh we ended up um working with her through referrals and uh you know people that we knew and and we ended up doing a, a trial lesson with her and uh she's probably the most in demand uh, violin teacher around here or one of them for sure um but we did look around and there were definitely people who did not get any attention from us, did not get a look, and we passed them over because they didn't have videos. So I could give lots more examples, you know, but I don't want to wear you down too much with talking too much on this podcast. Suffice it to say, if people cannot find you on YouTube, you will get passed over even when people have been given referrals to you, right? And let alone the opportunities that you will also miss in terms of being discovered in search. But what I mean is like, if someone types in saxophonist in, um, you know, Oklahoma or piano teacher in Minneapolis, if they can't find you there, you know, that would be an opportunity for you to get discovered. So you are definitely missing out on opportunities. If you're self-employed or even if you work for an institution, as I just discussed with my friend at the, um, the college in uh, the United States, you're going to miss out on opportunities either for yourself or for the institution you work for. Okay, so moving forward, here are the things you need to show in videos and why. First of all, I think it's important that you show who you are. Um, And what I mean by that is You just being authentic, speaking from the heart, showing your human side, Um, anything that reveals you as a human being, (laughs) not as a perfect entity, but just as an imperfect, but real human being. And the reason for this is that because people want to work with people that they know, like and trust. So putting a video up, letting people see something about you as a human being and who you are is going to help them get to know you and decide whether or not they like you. And they're going to develop trust. Now, you can show your human side, um, I guess, <laughs> in lots of different ways. Speaking engagements, just informal talks to the camera, Um anything that shows you teaching, consulting, or presenting workshops. It could be just moments captured where you're hanging out with your family or your friends, having fun, doing whatever. You could have conversations on anything related to work or not uh, with people you interview. It could be colleagues, students, parents of students. Again, the point is that you want to be able to give people the opportunity to learn something about you ideally in the most human way possible. Learn something about who you are. doesn't mean you need to like reveal all your deepest, darkest, most private or political or whatever thoughts, but just something that lets people get a sense of who you are, like, like they would if they had a drink with you or had a coffee or had lunch with you. And I just want to make the point at the risk of going on too much that the human side is in many ways more important than your skill set i've always said you know yes i want to hire people to work with who have skills and are talented or whatever you want to call it people who are good at what they do that's important but given a baseline of a skill set at that point i'm always going to hire the person that i can trust the person that i can count on more than i'm going to hire someone who's more talented or more virtuosic definitely when it comes to teaching Definitely when it comes to performing, I would rather hire a less talented or less skilled musician to collaborate with on any project if they are a person who I feel I can rely on. And I'm never going to hire anybody, no matter how skilled they are, or I'll be at least very reluctant to hire a person, no matter how skilled they are, if I don't feel that I can trust them or if I have any doubt about you know, just the human side, whether we're gonna get along, whether or not um, I'm gonna be able to rely on them on their word, that they're gonna be supportive um, and that sort of thing. That's why I think showing your human side is super important. Now, the second thing is in terms of what you wanna show is you wanna show specific skills and or services that you offer. So you can show examples of your work you can describe the benefits of your services to your customers or to prospects by talking about those benefits on the camera. Um, And when you demonstrate your skill or when you showcase your services, make sure you do this in as many subcategories as apply. So again, referring to when I was looking for a drummer, that's what I mean by subcategories. You know, If you play swing and you also play backbeat, then you want to have a video that shows swing and a video that shows backbeat. If you teach piano to seven-year-olds, but you also teach piano to um, adult beginners, then have a video that explains both of those things. It's really important. If you compose uh, bluegrass tunes, but you also write your own songs, um then that aren't bluegrass then you want to show both of those things so that people know that you can do this thing and you can also do this other thing so if you're a performer uh, you could perform solo you could perform duo perform in multiple styles uh, show different skills show skill of reading show the skill of improvising Um, you could show it in different settings like perform at home perform in a park Uh, perform live at a gig and save just like your excerpts of your favorite moments. If you're a teacher, you could get video of you teaching a private lesson, teaching a workshop, get a video of you talking about your teaching philosophy or values, also talking about your teaching policies, talking about why you like to teach, um, making a video talking specifically for the benefit of parents and making videos that are specifically for the benefit of students. Um, Definitely teach lessons to the camera. And this is one of the biggest things that I've done on my YouTube channel. And it's absolutely helped me immensely to make these videos. If you are a teacher, my biggest tip is make a list of all the things you say over and over again to your students. (laughs) You know, you say to more than one student. Like this is, you know, you have a way that you teach to hold the, the bow. You have a way that you teach fingerings on the piano. You have a way that you teach uh, voice leading or that you teach improvisation or that you, you teach uh, bluegrass bowing styles or, you know, you teach uh, how to get a good sound with an electric violin. Whatever those things are, make a list of those and then make separate videos teaching each of those things. And this is a massive... <laughs> This is so valuable because not only when you have to teach that lesson into the camera, you have the opportunity to teach it perfectly. Like you could take it, you could do 20 versions of teaching someone how to hold the bow, right? Or how to support the violin or how to shift to third position. You can do like 20 takes until you say it exactly the way you want to say it on your best day right? And then there's your version. It's, it's there on video. For, and you can share it with anybody you want without ever having to say it again. You can make a huge impact. So many people can benefit and get value from that. Your students don't have to hear you say it to them every week because you could teach it to them once and then say, go watch this video. Like You're going to help your students with that video too. So many benefits that you get from doing this. And it's gonna help you improve as a teacher. It's gonna get you more opportunities. So this is a big one for me. And it doesn't matter, like, if other teachers have taught the same thing on YouTube, the point is, it's gonna be your way of teaching that thing. Even if you got it from Yehudi Menuhin or, you know, Galamian and was passed down and you're just teaching, teaching the thing that you learned from this or from that person or your college professor, it doesn't matter, you have your way of teaching it. And you should put that out there, like you should be proud of that. Uh, other things you can share uh, might include behind the scenes, like sort of like people call it a vlog, video log. So it could be behind the scenes of a workshop, behind the scenes of a school concert, behind the scenes of a recording session, a tour, a project, an initiative, whatever. And in those cases, you could you know film parts of the day and then later on edit it together so people see how did this workshop go from early morning to the end of the night. Uh, My friends uh, Rachel and Neil at Chili Dog Strings, they have some awesome vlogs that they've done um, that sort of um, document some of their events that they've done at their Suzuki teaching studio uh, near Dallas, Texas. You could also do interviews. Um, You could do interviews on video um, where someone interviews you Asks you, you even give them the questions you want them to ask, and just have it be more of a conversational style, uh, or you could interview other colleagues. Obviously, I've done that with this Creative Strings podcast. I've done twenty-five interviews. This was the first solo episode, so I think interviews are awesome. One of the thoughts that goes through your head might be, "Well, who wants to hear that interview?" Well, somebody does. Somebody does, <laughs> especially somebody that's like thinking about, "Do I want to work with this person that I've been referred to?" They're gonna find that interview. They're gonna be able to learn more about you and develop know-like and trust. Another thing you do is testimonials. You could you could ask people to make video testimonials for you. And an easy way to do that is just to have your phone and and ask the person, say, "Hey, could I ask you to to do a brief testimonial video with me, or just to shoot a short video with me?" And then, if they say yeah, then you can just click record and then just ask them a couple couple questions. How do you like, uh, how did you like the concert tonight? You know, what have been the th- the three favorite things uh, about studying, about your kid working in my teaching studio, right? And then you get testimonials that way, which I mean, it's huge for establishing credibility with prospective uh, customers and collaborators. Okay, so next I wanna segue this into a friendly invitation or challenge, if you wanna call it that to you, which is to get started. Um, and most of us, I think never get off the ground with doing videos or a lot of people don't get off the ground, um, because there's some kind of fear and I can relate to that. I'm, you know, I'm afraid of, (laughs) you know, all the blunders that I'm going to make, um, and what people are going to think about me. So here's how you start. This is what I recommend. Make a list based on the examples I've given previously in this episode of, you know, five to 10 videos like subjects. Or video types, or both, that you can make right now. Just make a list. You can go ahead and do it right now. Just you know, um, jot it down. Hit pause if you want. You know, some teaching videos, some live performances, vlog, whatever it might be, behind the scenes interviews. Make a list of types or or subjects or topics. Just make the list. Then set a time in your calendar um, when you can plan to do it. <laughs> And when you, when you do it, here's all you need. You need your phone. You need maybe a decent backdrop, like a, a neutral wall without a lot of clutter on it, and some good light. And that's pretty much it. I mean, if you really want to make it nice, then you could try to coordinate getting um, good audio, which takes a little bit more thought. But, but that's pretty much all you need. And I don't think you need to worry about production values the first time, I would honestly just take your phone and just do it anywhere just for experience. You don't even need to share it, but just for the experience. And, you know, let's say, for example, you're going to teach one of those things that you teach a lot, or you're going to perform just a short excerpt of a piece even. Well, just set yourself up to do a one minute video tops and go through the process of trying to do it. The first take may be great, but it may be rough, so you might have to do two or three or four takes. But after you do that, the whole process is probably gonna take you a half an hour at the most. And after you go through that, you're gonna feel so much better, and you're hopefully gonna come up with something that's decent um, and enough to motivate you to continue from there. So I promise you, if you go through the trouble to take a half an hour um, total from making your list and shooting your first video or two, um, it's gonna be tremendously easy from then on. You don't have to share it publicly and if you want, you can share your first video with um, a person or a couple people that you trust and just ask their opinion before sharing anything publicly. So we've created a checklist and a worksheet for you to help you go ahead and work through this process as easily as possible for you to make some videos of your own. And to find that and download it for free, just go to christianhouse.com and click on the blog. While you're there, you can also subscribe for other episodes of the Creative Strings Podcast if you're not already subscribed. And Hopefully, uh, you know, hopefully you've felt somewhat compelled by the arguments I've made so far, and there's something about this that resonates for you that's going to motivate you to start making your own videos when you do i hope you'll share them with me um you can email them to me you can tag me on social media wherever and um i would love to see them i'd even love to give you some feedback on them if you want i'll just include a brief shameless plug for our sponsors and say that if you are a string player if you know electric violins are cool still i mean it's not commonplace so if you play acoustic violin and electric violin you should make a video with the electric or electric cello whatever it might be right um if you need help with that call electric violin shop they are definitely the best in terms of phone support you can just go to um electricviolinshop.com forward slash Creative Strings. Their phone number's there. You get a discount if you end up buying anything from them, if you tell them I sent you. But you don't need to buy anything. You just call them and say, hey, I want to do some loop videos. Um, What do I need to make loops? You know, what do I need to get a a better sound so that I can, you know, show off that I do creative stuff on the cello or the viola or the violin or upright bass or whatever. They will give you tons of support over the phone. They'll they'll just answer your questions because, you know, there's... Shopping for that stuff. It's a rabbit hole. So definitely call Electric Violin Shop. And if you are shopping for uh, Electric bowed string instruments, I would say definitely um, Take a look at the Yamaha line. Uh, The reason is because they offer a five-year Warranty the quality is incomparable. The price is great. I've been working with Yamaha for over 20 maybe 21 years now I've worked with the designers in Japan. I've seen the thought the level of care that they put into um, these um, these string instruments, it's just unbelievable. Um, so that's why I endorse and I play uh, Yamaha strings. <clears throat> so getting back to uh, making your first videos, uh, production values are not as important as demonstrating the quality of your skills, the quality of your work, uh, showing your human side. And so I wouldn't overthink it in the beginning you can always work up to getting better production values over time. Again, start now. Um, there are some tools that I can share with you at the show notes page. If you go to christianhouse.com, I've got some different tools that will help you optimize your channel, uh, make your videos stand out, those sorts of things. Uh, so feel free to go to christianhouse.com. Uh, just click on the blog. You'll find this, or you can find a video on this as well at Christianhouse Tube on YouTube but uh there are lots of great tutorials about production so you know but i'll just share with you a couple brief points about what are uh, the most important production tips for me so the production upgrades in order of importance or the most important production things in order of importance number one i would say is your backdrop and lighting Uh, so to get the best lighting and I'm not an expert on this, but I think being outdoors on a sunny day is a great way. Otherwise, if you're in a well-lit room, well-lit room, um, you could even buy some lights. I have a pair of lights that I got from Amazon for like, you know, 60 bucks and they work great. Um, But I think the first 200 videos I made on YouTube, I I never had professional lights and they still worked fine for me. Um, The backdrop I, from what I've heard, I, I like to use a, a neutral backdrop, um, and but sometimes people will use an quote-unquote interesting backdrop. <laughs> I just don't trust myself from a visual standpoint to know what's interesting versus cluttered or completely horrible. Uh, <laughs> that's why I have a bad sense of fashion, too. You know, I'm just not, you know, but I'm working on it. So... I, you know, get a, I would just say to be safe, get a neutral backward backdrop, maybe something plain and have good lights. Number two, I think audio is really important um, to have good audio. There's different ways to do that. Um, I have like a separate mic running through a digital audio workstation with pro tools for my computer. And then I have a separate video camera and then later on sort of marry those, uh, the audio and the video together, but there's other ways to do it that are, that are easier than that. And, and again, in the beginning, you don't need to do all this, but I think audio is probably the second most important thing, uh, or as important as lighting, um, The next thing after that, I would say, would be if you wanted to do multi-camera shooting, uh, which I don't always do. Um, In fact, I rarely do multi-camera shoots, but occasionally when I really want to make an investment and do a nice shoot, I'll hire someone and we'll, we'll have a combination of my phone and their phone or my phone and their good camera or something like that so my next production tip has to do with creating in batches again this is after you've done your first video right um like for example if you wanted to do a series of five teaching videos you know um maybe teaching you know how to hold the bow teaching five you know bow uh, technique videos or five left-hand technique videos, whatever it might be. Well, you, I would write all those out, figure out what they're gonna be, sort of plan them through just a little bit. And then I would take one hour and try to record all five of them. And then later on, I would do the editing in bulk as well. It'll save you a lot of time. It's sort of just like an assembly line process. Um, finally, when it comes to production, I would just say, be aware that that you always have a choice between doing it yourself and delegating. And that that goes along with all the facets of video production. So you may want to shoot your own video but then delegate the editing, or you may want to delegate the shooting and maybe you do the editing but then you delegate the final rendering or mastering or you know, layout or thumbnails or whatever. So just be aware that you do have the option to delegate and you can kind of try different things and see which what works for you. So I don't personally like to do video editing, so I delegate that. But I've been trying to learn to do more of my own shoots and, and take charge of that just to save on some expense and have a little more control there. I think there are a lot of young people out there um, who have you know, skill and interest with video editing and you could probably hire them for very reasonable rates because they want to get experience and they want to develop a relationship with you and get exposure and that sort of thing. So I would encourage you to look around for someone young, might even be someone in your family, whatever, that's just good with it. And you can offer them a very reasonable rate to help you out and get you off the ground. And sometimes it's just nice to have that support. You know, if I if I call someone to come over at a certain time, we make an appointment four o'clock on Thursday. We're going to meet for two hours and we're going to shoot a bunch of videos. The fact that that person comes really catalyzes me, really incentivizes me. I'm like, okay, here they are. Now I got to do it. (laughs) Otherwise, we put it off. The Trojan Horse about this this uh, episode. I'm not sure how we're going to end up titling the podcast, but I've I've shared it with some people as you know how to get a million views on YouTube. <clears throat> and uh, like I said, it's not exactly what the episode is about, but I do want to share with you what has worked for me, and it is different than what you might think. <clears throat> so, so my strategy is this. I make lots of videos, that's it. I just make a lot of videos. I don't end up publishing them all, but over time I have made it a priority, like I'm gonna make videos. What can I make videos about? Make a list, Um, I I write down notes about maybe I could do a video about this or that or the other. And I just publish a lot of videos and that's how I've gotten better at it and that's how I've gotten on my road to 1 million views. (laughs) So I do different types of videos. I do it for different reasons, different settings. Sometimes they're spontaneous. Sometimes they're planned and produced. When I started, my production values were horrible, but I saw that people valued the content. And so I've just kept going. And sometimes I've gotten better at the production values. So my videos have gotten over 80,000 views and others have gotten less than 200. Uh, Some of the types of videos I've done include a lot of music instructional, how-to music instructional videos, interviews, uh, hanging out with my family. Um, I've given videos to other channels, like I shared a uh, video with uh, one of the sponsors here, Electric Violin Shop, and the name of that video is called... uh, electric violin effects it's on the electric violin channel it's been one of my most popular uh, videos i've ever done and i actually you know just shared it on their channel um i've also done endorsement i did unboxing the yamaha uh, new electric violin the 104 i did that um and that was one of my favorite videos that i've ever done i put a lot of work into it i think because i felt You know, I really wanted to do a solid, you know, Yamaha asked me, I said, would you consider making some kind of video? And I wanted to make sure I did it right for them because they've been such supporters of me. Um, I do really super artsy fartsy stuff (laughs) that, you know, that even my family, nobody wants to listen to. I I have a, I'm doing 45 videos this year. It's a series called Metsy Skitsy, And it's all unaccompanied, very abstract You know, improvisations, just very spontaneous. I've done collaborations with video artists. um, And, you know, I've given up on second guessing what people are going to like and what they're not going to like because I'm always surprised what people like and what they don't like. (laughs) I've done um, how to music business. Of course, this is all part of, you know, this video is all part of my series of content um, related to my Music Biz Mastermind. Um, programming coaching consulting courses that sort of thing and um, you can look for that if you're trying to grow your business i i offer a lot of services to musicians to help them grow their um, opportunities i've done a lot of live performances solo and in ensembles uh, really special productions that i've worked on at length i've recorded workshops and all kinds of other stuff. And yes, I do like to share on social media platforms and on my email list. You might be on my email list. You might get a lot of emails from me. You might get a lot of social promotions from me. And I just want to say something about that as well. Now, I get that for some people, they want to keep things private. And that's totally cool. Um, some people might think, like, this is my, you know, as in terms of being social, I'm not a big sharer. I don't want to be a stagehawk. I get that. That's cool. I respect that. Well, the reason that I share so much is not because it's what I want to do as a social person. It's because this is my business. It's because this is my dream. You know, like I want to be a musician. Part of being a musician is sharing my music. The only way I'm going to be able to make music and share music is if I get people to hire me to do it. So that's why I look at Facebook, YouTube, podcasting, emails. That's why I look at it. It's so important to share my work. People can opt out if they don't want to listen. If you don't want to listen to this, you can turn it off, which is totally cool. Right. And that's the point. And, you know, like my wife isn't on Facebook. She's like, I would never share so much stuff. And I totally get that. But I think if you're self-employed and if you're an artist You're going to miss out on opportunities if you don't share, if you don't give people the opportunity to see about your work and learn about you and the different services that you offer. There are some uh, great tools that you can use that will help amplify and share your videos or make them easier to find and that sort of thing. And I am sharing links at the show notes page, christianhouse.com. Click on the blog. You'll find this page. uh, You'll find this episode and you can find the links to some great tools that I highly recommend for that. All right, so now it's time for a huge disclaimer, getting close to wrapping this up. The disclaimer is that as of the time of my recording this, I had not reached 1 million views on my own YouTube channel. Although, however, I have reached well over a million views when you consider other channels and when you consider Facebook native views and the like, right? Now, I set... I'm close to getting a million views on my YouTube channel. And I've set it as a goal for myself as a sort of landmark, if you will. And part of why I'm making this podcast is to reach that goal. Um, So if you'd like to help me reach it, I'm going to ask you to go ahead, share this podcast, um, you know, like, like it, comment on the, the, on my website, and uh, make sure you subscribe to my YouTube channel, which is at Christian House Tube. And if you don't want to share, that's cool. Um, but I would certainly appreciate it. You can hit, you can, you know, say hey when you do it, and I, I would be grateful. Um, whether or not you particularly share it or not, um, just by me continuing to do lots of videos and lots of podcasts. Um, it guarantees that at this point, I will definitely reach that landmark of a million views. A couple of years ago, I wasn't sure, but now I've continued to do the videos and I know that I'm going to reach it now. And again, this isn't about becoming viral. It's really um, it's about that I'm giving people the opportunity to learn about my services and to hopefully develop some sense of knowing me and, and some of them. Some of them will like me. Some of them will trust me. You know, Some people won't get me, and that's fine. Not everybody's going to get you. Uh, for, for those people who do resonate with my vibe, it's going to help me create more opportunities and develop more meaningful connections with people that I want to collaborate and work with. It's also going to help me share and improve my creative work as a musician and as a teacher, which that's what we want. We want to be creative, we want to be growing and evolving and developing more fulfillment in our lives in every way as we, as we grow. You know, you might, when you're in your 20s, you may just want to tour around, but when you're in your 30s, you may want to teach more, you know. Um, we go through different phases in our life so we can express our creativity in different ways that are congruent with our lifestyle as our lifestyle changes. Now, chances are part of the reason that you might be a little bit skeptical or hesitant to make videos currently is because you're worried about how embarrassed you'll feel when your YouTube channel shows a view count of four people who watch your video, right? And I know it feels like it might be an indignity, but that's something potentially for you to confront, right? Uh, (laughs) Because it's not about how many people watch your videos. It's not about you know, becoming a viral sensation. It's about having the ability to show the right people when the time is right, what they need to know about you. That's why it's important. And you can hide those view counts anyway. So one more time, I wanna give you that friendly challenge. I hope that you're gonna make your list of videos and I hope you're gonna go and make your first couple videos or if you already have been, I hope you're gonna make more. If you want more tips on it, you can reach out to me. So just another friendly reminder that if you are looking to attract more projects, gigs, clients, and move forward in 2018 with your music-related career, or any freelance career really, you'll want to check out our Music Biz Mastermind course offering. We've got different programs suited for different needs. You can just go to christianhouse.com and look for Music Biz Mastermind. Or you can also reach out to me directly at chris at christianhouse.com. Again, huge thanks to Yamaha and Electric Violin Shop uh, for supporting this and um, looking forward to coming out with a lot more great podcasts. We've already got, I don't know, four or five ready to go, and I'm going to do some more solo podcasts. I would really love your feedback if you would tell me you know honestly what you think if you want to send me an email chris at christianhouse.com or leave a comment on the blog or on the youtube video if it's in the blog uh, just let me know what you think and i appreciate your honest feedback is there something you want to hear more of is there something you wish i would do less of <laughs> i didn't swear in this podcast so i guess that's good i don't want to offend anybody but you know if there's anything that you could advise me to give me feedback so i can improve um, to make this as valuable as possible for you. Um, I would appreciate that. Thank you so much for listening and we'll see you the next time.